0: welcome back to the line podcast my name is aaron alexander this is a place that we bring together the world's leading experts in all things health and wellness to help you optimize your mind body and movement today's beautiful conversation is with my very good friend sean Motherflippin t sean t is probably one of the most impactful uh dare i say famous is kind of a funny word but uh, impactful for sure well known notable fitness personalities on the planet, Uh, he has been viewed shaking his buns and educating the masses on how to feel more uh, liberated, uh, empowered, sexy uh, and fit in their bodies um, for a very long time. So I'm very excited to get to share this conversation with you. He's also um, openly gay which is great, openly uh, married to a man, beautiful man called Scott, and also has a, a I believe, two children? I think two children, maybe one ch- child. I should know that, I'm sorry. Uh, at least one child, up to two children. And I am just so excited to get to share, um, this conversation to delve into his experience um, to get into all sorts of taboo uncomfortable uh, blush worthy topics and subjects and just so fun i think he is just such a brilliant honest sweet kind compassionate being and just filled with so much wisdom and so much to offer. So, this conversation almost certainly will be quite controversial. Uh, talking a lot about sex, talking a lot about homosexuality, heterosexuality, what heterosexual folks or people who identify that way could learn from homosexual folks, uh, and maybe vice versa as well. Uh, we're all in this thing together, and uh, I'm so excited to get to share uh, the perspectives from one of the sweetest humans on the planet, as you will find out in a moment, Mr. Sean T. Thank you so much for making this happen. Of course. Thank you for being here. Of course. In Austin, Texas.
1: Yeah, I love Austin.
0: We're out here. I want to start, I've been being intentional about asking pointed questions in the beginning. Okay. um, And as opposed to my, my typical, historically, you know, fluffy up. Do the rapport building. You don't need to fluff up. me up. I don't but need up, to fluff. But <laughs> up. So the thing that I'm interested in is particularly around relationships. Mm. And I feel like people that are engaged in a, it feels funny to say homosexual, heterosexual, but are you know in, in with the, their same sex, two fellas. Uh, I feel like they have a lot to educate heterosexual individuals like myself around relationships. And I wonder how that question hits you if you feel like that, there is any accuracy to that and if there's anything that stands out of what a homosexual dyad could teach a heterosexual dyad in
1: relationship. I think what's really interesting about that is, you know, a lot of homosexual guys grow up with their best friends being girls mm-hmm. because if you're gay, most times... You could probably ask so many gay guys, a high percentage. The girls are the ones that are more accepting of them. They feel like they don't have to hide who they are with their expression or whatever. Yeah. So I just believe that once we get older, we just treat (laughs) women really, really well because we've been around them longer or because we kind of have that. um, I don't know. We just kind of have that. I don't want to say softer side because not every gay guy is soft, but we kind of have that softer side. But It's like empathetic. Very empathetic and a little more sensitive, I think, just yeah. maybe because we've had to hide who we are for so long. I mean, I'm 44. Thank God I've been out for 23 years. I remember when I hadn't even been out for more than half my life. Wow. But I think that one of the things that, and I hate being like, you know, gay guys can teach straight guys things because it doesn't, it, it's not for everyone, but it is for a lot, a large majority of people. I think when you have two guys in a relationship, first and foremost, we understand each other because hormonally, we're different than women, right? Like that's not something that you can deny. Hormonally, men are testosterone driven machines. And while we do use estrogen for, Things that's just kind of you know how we connect. So, but I do. Oh, really, is that a thing? Using like supplementing with estrogen? No, I'm just saying we still have estrogen. Oh, we still biomas. have it. I understand. I understand. Yeah, yeah. No, sorry, I'm not. Sorry. I don't need extra.
0: Yeah. <laughs> you know. What
1: but some people. Some people. Yeah. But anyway, I just wanted to make a point that you know we men are different, so it's understandable that heterosexual and homosexual relationships can be different just because we're in a relationship where we understand each other in a different way. And I truly believe that in heterosexual relationships, while there is the connection of physical, hormonal, you know, pheromonal connection, there is a lack of that empathy or that understanding. Mm. Because, you know, a lot of times women are always called, oh, like, you know, she's emotional. But I just don't think that a lot of straight men have taken the time to understand why somebody is emotional. And I believe that gay guys, one, because like I said, we've been around women a long time for our lives because they just accepted us who we are for who we are. And additionally to that, we um, just have like kind of a softer, more sensitive side to our souls that we just treat women A little better here's the thing that's a little bit different though and I have to be very honest we don't have to be intimate with them so I think a lot of times that's where gay guys just kind of (laughs) like lose what straight guys are going through to be quite honest yeah because sexually from my understanding and my experience and my conversations with men and women men as a majority are more sexual free Than women sexually free than women, Mm. um, a lot of times you know when we talk about our kind of, hold on I'm trying to think of a word oh my gosh I can't think of a word like
0: relationship containers polyamory attraction to outside yeah
1: no our 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 not erogenous zones but our fuck erogenous zones sexy spots no not our it's not our spots it's our the thing that gets us excited. What am I thinking about? What, I, I can't know. think of Aaron, a word.
0: Aaron's the lady in the room. What's it? What's what, where are we going to? I don't know. Oh, uh, Aaron, I know. Just kind of like your romantic zone. Let's just say mm, that. Like
1: mentally, cognitively, emotionally, yeah. physically. I'll explain it like this. All right. So some people, because I can't think of a word, which is so annoying. <laughs> but I learned this from my friend Emily from the podcast "Sex with Emily." Yeah, I but know her. She's, you know, she's wonderful. She's sweetie. But I do believe that. People just have different ways of getting in the mood, right? So, some people need conversation. Some people need media. Some people just... Like foreplay? Some people need foreplay. You know, you have all these things. And I believe that a lot of times women want more more of the conversation, more of the, you know, take me out on a date, more of getting to know someone. We're gay guys. We don't need to get to know you. Like, we just want to shut it down sexually, right? Mm, so, that's I, this is going somewhere. <laughs> So my whole point is, I think when it comes to that romantic intimacy, men and women as a unit have a much different connection than the gay man that's really good friends with a woman that knows how to treat a woman really well. We don't have that connection. So when there's that super emotional connection combined with a physical connection and attraction, that's where I think you know, it gets a little rough as well. But generally speaking, I I think it's fairly simple. I think that, you know, maybe straight guys sometimes just or heterosexual guys maybe don't listen long enough, Hmm. you know, because gay guys, like, we like to talk. We like to hang out. We like, you know, we like to, I mean, you like to have coffee maybe, but we like to sit around and kick it. You know, a lot of people just are like, all right, you know, I wanna I wanna move on where well, we like that kind of intimate talk. We like to get deeper emotional, you know right. I mean you have a podcast, so obviously you like to talk probably a little bit deeper than a lot of guys. I feel like guys.
0: men generally most male friends that I have, we hang out around some type of like physical objective. So we'll play pickleball or tennis or go for a hike or go for a run or something of the sort. But it's generally oriented around some type of physical activity, at least like in my you know, my life, my bias, yeah. uh, compared to I personally don't find it very interesting, unless I'm recording a podcast, to go and sit down with someone and just like have like, quote unquote, like coffee talk.
1: Yeah.
0: <laughs> you know, whereas. Uh, and I do. Yeah, And maybe it's, it's because I'm a big old
1: gay. Yeah. I mean, I don't <laughs> Who the fuck knows? But, what,
0: uh, <laughs> what do you do within your relationship with, with Scott? How long have you guys been together? Uh, 12 years, been married 10. How's passion? It's fucking wonderful how have you maintained passion
1: we just really as we grow within our own passion we continually share what it is that um you mean sexually right sure yeah <laughs>
0: whichever just like oh, like i want you that know, person
1: that person yeah we are just not afraid to express what it is that we want i mean we just and mm. and we don't look at each other's Like, I don't look, if Scott comes to me with something of, like, this is what I'm really into, or this is my fantasy, or this is what's making me passionate, I don't say, like, dude, like, that's... Too far. Yeah, it's never too far. Right. It's never too far, because he's a different human. I think in marriage in general, I actually just officiated my fourth wedding, um, like, three days ago. And I think that in relationships in general people don't grow individually together a lot of people join a union or a marriage or even a like you know a couple months into a relationship and they feel like everything like oh my gosh we love doing this together 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 oh but they're different about this it's like why aren't we celebrating exactly what's different about them they that's came in from, passion that's how we maintain the passion we just constantly let that person be who they are and we love them for who they are and let them grow into who they are because the minute you try to stop someone or stunt someone's growth is the minute the pain starts to happen you mm-hmm. know like years ago in history i believe it was china where they would not want people's feet to grow i think it was mostly yeah, females sure. and yep. they would F- just foot,
0: foot binding yeah, yeah they would do about foot binding.
1: that's the same thing you can do with someone's emotions their passion their excitement for life, their excitement to be in a relationship with you. I never understood why someone gets in a relationship with somebody and it's like, no, you can't do that. I understand if they want to change careers and they have to move to to another country, yeah, that's something to talk about. But when it comes to your passion for each other, like your ability to want to let them grow should be extremely high. Hmm.
0: I love the foot binding analogy because you still have a shoe, You know, there's still it's. We still have a container. We're just not trying to impose our, you know, our what we would like to impose upon the foot. We're allowing the foot to to grow and do as it does and adapt and do all things, go through the motions, but and we're keeping it warm and we're keeping it safe and we're protecting and we're holding. But we're actually protecting and holding its individuality as a foot or as a as a relationship.
1: Whereas when you don't let that growth happen. It becomes painful. And like you said, binding. And then what happens then? You want a different shoe. Yeah. You know.
0: Or you you maybe get through some type of like Stockholm Syndrome. And you and you um, don't trust any other type of shoe, even yeah. though it's an abusive Which shoe. Which I
1: experienced before in real life.
0: How did you experience that?
1: Well, I was sexually abused from the time I was eight to the time I was 12. And like fell in love with my your abuser. Step, step monster. Yeah. You call him in your book. So... Yeah, I know what that's about. I know what that's like. And that does happen. You know, it is very true. There are a lot of people out there who think they're in love, but their mind is so tricked into thinking they're in love because they've just accepted it. And they've accepted it because it makes them feel safer to not do the thing that's gonna go against that not do the thing that's actually gonna make them free, which is gonna cause more pain because they feel like that escaping is a harder thing to do. Hmm. I know that's very deep, but
0: <laughs> that's my preference. So, yeah, so you, that was one of the things that I wanted to discuss. So you have, you know, a, a life of experience and, and work around integrating a objectively really highly traumatizing experience. Um, and so are, can you share a bit of, of like where you were at your experience with that when you were eight years old? If that's okay. I think it is okay. Oh, yes. Absolutely. Um, And one of the things that I've heard you say, and it would make sense, that you felt at that time like you were being responsible and like stepping up and being a man by repressing it and kind of keeping it secret. Yeah. I might be misspeaking, but I I believe I heard that. 100% correct. Can you kind of share a bit of that experience and where you're at and and maybe start to move how you got to a point of where you're at and being able to integrate all that
1: oh yeah so first of all you (laughs) I think a lot of people when they ask questions like that they're like kind of tiptoeing around not that you're doing that but they just like want to say the right thing Mm. and I just want to say like I've been through years of therapy I'm in therapy now not for that I'm in therapy now because I'm really fucking happy (laughs) you know I'm like like I tell people who lose weight, I'm like, "How do you sustain this, this new health?" I'm like, you know, sustaining a new health is a, is a great way to keep going. So for me to sustain my happiness, I choose to continue. S- to go some, to sometimes
0: as well, it can just be like, you know, I don't want you to feel like a broken record, and I'd
1: prefer oh. to investigate places where we're both learning together. Oh, that makes sense. You know, um, yeah, I don't, I never do because there, I always think that someone else is listening. Even Mm -hmm. before I answer that question, again, I get really deep. But even in my career, like when I first started doing infomercials, you know, people buying products, fitness products off the TV, someone, my agent, who was the person that was going to, that was going to initially make the most money from this, didn't want to have anything to do with the contract because he said, these infomercials never work. You know, and here I am. 20, 19, 20 years later, and I've helped the company make over a billion dollars in sales. And so, and I never had to give any of my money to that person. So I, when I walked out of that office as defeated as I was, I just said, well, if I change one person's life, then, you know, this is a really great thing. And so when I talk more about my sexual trauma and my sexual abuse and being a sexual abuse survivor, I'm like, there's going to be one person that hears this. And it's going to change their life. Like my barber, one of my barbers, came to me after I shared this story in another way, and was like, "I suppressed it." And I actually, he actually forgot that it happened to him until he heard me say it, yeah. and then he was able to be like, "So anyway, I love repeating myself <laughs> for yeah. lack of a better way of saying it." But anyway, eight-year-old and tr- trauma is
0: interesting because we don't typically a part of like the definition of trauma is it's invisible in a way. We don't really know how we're expressing out these subconscious patterns that manifested as a product of something that we weren't able to hold at some random age. Right. Like so by definition, if it was repressed, it's like it's operating behind the scenes.
1: You know, I I tell people going back to therapy, because I'm just a huge advocate for mental health and mental therapy. But when people say, I don't want to relive that pain, that's why I don't want to go to therapy, mm-hmm. I'm like but it's seeping out in other places yeah, in your limited. life. Because I know specifically in a very, you know, personal state, people who need to go to therapy and they're not. And they're ruining relationships with people who are super close to them because they're you they're treating that person who's really nice to them really badly, hmm. but they're responding to their abuser or to the person who hurt them. And so Instead of just trying to go to get yourself taken care of, you know, it hurts other people. So I just say, like, it will seep out in other places. That's why I'm like, it's going to be really, really hard. It's like starting a fitness journey. It's really hard. Like, the first fit test of insanity is a fucking nightmare. Like, you, you throw up and you kind of want to send it back. But you do it again the next day. And it never gets easier, you just get stronger, Mm. I think is what I like people to say. Because I'm like, it never gets easier. Even talking about my past abuse, it's not that it's easier. I'm just a much stronger person, you know? Because of it.
0: Because of it. So how does a person come to a point of um, acceptance, integration, and maybe even gratitude? for things that seem wildly unfair in their past.
1: Well, that will help me kind of go back to answering the question I was going to answer before, but as an 8-year-old person who is getting sexually abused, who's I like who've never who's never experienced any kind of intimacy with anyone. I mean, I'm literally a blank canvas knowing that something is off but also accepting it as it's accepting it as if Not that it's okay, but I had to accept it as if, like, I had to find a reason to accept it, for lack of a better way of saying it. And so, for me, I had to accept it by saying, well, as long as I take this burden, then no one else in my family is going to get hurt. Right. You know, because I do believe that, and in my little eight-year-old mind, I'm like... Well, if I do this, he's not going to hurt my mom too bad because if he does and I can tell like I was using it as my own ammunition for how he was treating the rest of my family. And so that's how I made it okay for me. Um, And then it, it went on and on and on. And as I spoke about spoken about before, I got to the point where I desired this to happen because I just felt like it was the safest thing to do. It was. I had accepted it for from time you were eight to the time you were twelve. It's a really long time. The last four years of our adult lives kind of go by really fast. But from eight years old to twelve years old, when you're that young and everything is so new and fresh, it seems like an eternity. It's because it's like it's like practically a hundred percent of your life.
0: <laughs> True. If you're ten. That was like that's a tenth of my life, I, son. Like that was. <laughs> yeah. Well. Yeah. A long time. I know.
1: And twelve years old at that time, you know, that was like. You know, shh, wow. Um, so it was a quarter of my life, I think. Yeah. So yeah, it was four years. But um, so you know, what you you kind of trick yourself into saying, into believing it's okay, and making a reason for why this is happening, and accepting it to the point where it's happening and it doesn't even feel wrong anymore. Mm. Mm-hmm. You know, yeah. So it didn't feel wrong anymore. So I, in a way, was desiring this to happen because I had accepted it as a part of my life. You know, it was a part of my life. I'm like, I knew it was gonna happen. It was gonna be two o'clock in the morning. This guy was gonna start rubbing my butt and he was gonna perform oral sex with me. And I'm like, okay, cool. Everybody's safe in the
0: world now. Was it always scary or was it when you got to a point of acceptance, what was like
1: the sensation around that? I mean, it was never scary, believe it or not. Hmm. It was never scary. Because you have to understand, not you have to understand, but I'm like, you understood. Like, you have to understand, the person that was doing this to me, I, ne- I never met my father before. He was the only father figure I had, besides my grandfather. But he, this man lived in a house with me. He would parade me around to his family and everybody in the neighborhood. Like, I kind of looked like him, so it was kind of like... Oh, you know, this is my son, and you know, he did have some providing for our family. So it wasn't like a fear thing. I wasn't I didn't I never felt like I was gonna get hurt because this is a person who is protecting me in a sense, you know. Did it feel powerless? Was it pleasurable? I never felt powerless. I never felt powerless with him until one time, which I'll tell you about. I never felt powerless. Because, like I said, he was such a safe space for me. It's such wow. a weird thing to understand. So I never felt, I felt pleasure in that space. Like I was getting attention and I was like creating this safe space for everyone else. But there was guilt on the other side. There was the guilt of, I know this is wrong. I know this is happening. And I'm not telling anyone. Hmm. You know, that that was That was, in a sense, that was way worse than the abuse itself because now I have to wake up in the morning, I have to talk to my brother who I know, even though he was only nine years old, I know if I told him, i get the chills. I know he, well, I'm glad I didn't tell him because he probably would (laughs) have tried to kill the man. You know, and then I go down to my mother's downstairs and I'm like, everything's fine. So it's like a really guilty feeling because you're like, oh you know am i not telling because i don't think they'll believe me or not? am i not telling because i don't know if they'll trust me you know it's it's a really so it was it was harder outside of the actual physical abuse yeah. for me
0: you know how did it start to um affect your life as a uh, like older adolescent and young adult and adult how did you see aspects of of those experiences start to trickle into your life
1: Believe it or not, as an adolescent, so these are great questions. I love them. (laughs) Um, It's just so wonderful. Uh, As an adolescent, so when I was 14 years old, I, so once he stopped the abuse because I was able to have an ejaculation, then I just got like pissed, right? And then everything became clear. Mm. So then I was like, oh my gosh, that was like totally wrong. Like all of the guilt, all of the the action that he had done, all of that kind of just fell on me and it was like really heavy. So then I was just like mad and I looked at everything as he did as just like evil. You know, sure. it just became, it just a lot of clarity came about. Um, so with that said- Post
0: nut clarity, we call it on the Align podcast. <laughs> oh my
1: gosh. but there, Everybody's had it. But I mean, it's like literally for me because the <laughs> last time he's abused me was when I was able to ejaculate. Like yeah. so it's like almost like I mean, I hate to laugh about it, but it's almost like dead on. Yeah. And then um
0: everybody comes back to their senses after po- post nut. Yeah. It, everything it, everything changes. Yeah.
1: <laughs> Which is really weird. Oh my god, this is so weird. Pro- prolactin. I've always wanted to I know we're going all over the place. That's okay. But I've always wanted to talk about this cuz this is like so interesting. You gave me a you given me the space to actually talk about this. So From the time I was eight to the time I was, the time where I was able to ejaculate, I I think it was closer to 13. Like, I still felt like there was a finish, but nothing ever came out, Hmm. which was so. I remember that. Okay. So I'm not weird. It's not just me. Oh, no, no.
0: Yeah. I was, I was wanking for years before it actually happened. I remember the moment that it happened. Me too. I was very confused and like i think this is awesome but i'm not really sure what's going on
1: the only reason it's why, why i knew what happened was because there was like a stash of porn magazines in our basement and mm. i had seen oh my gosh <laughs> and i had seen the semen on the magazine and i was like oh yeah so for a couple of seconds i was like holy shit what is that oh, yeah. and then i was like oh
0: the sensation I remember very, very viscerally—the sensation that I had around porno as a young boy—and it was, it had this like magnetic, effervescent, glowing like power. It was like, oh, like the porn was like breathing. You know what I'm saying?
1: No, I don't. don't I don't that? know what you're saying. <laughs> I have no idea what you're saying. No, I'm the only one. You're probably not the only one. Just the guy across the table from you just does not know. But I'm here for it. That's very superhero. I feel, I feel seen and heard. <laughs> That's very superhero. Thank you, Shanti. Um, <laughs> I mean, I accept it. I have I, I have more questions about that because then it just anyway. Uh, it was like it almost felt like very Kryptonite ish. Yeah, yeah, yeah. It was just pow, powerful.
0: Like I mean, sex runs the world.
1: Exactly. How the so hell do you think to we dip got into here? that?
0: You know, like advanced, well, maybe not really advanced, like spiritually, emotionally speaking, but advanced as far as positionally speaking, mechanically speaking, to like get dipped into that as a young boy, Mm. probably or girl, but as a young boy that's, you know, entering into that adolescent stage and, you know, pre-hormonal, but it's, you you know, it's coming. Yeah, it's insane. No pun intended.
1: Pun. Pun. Yeah. It was a hard pun. Oh yeah. Literally.
0: So how did this uh, how did this how did this trickle another pun okay. into your life?
1: So anyway, so then I'm a, I'm gonna clip note this because <laughs> this is an hour. <laughs> Not yet, but I'm saying I can talk about this for an hour. Ooh. So once I was able to know it was a toxic environment, I moved out of my house at fourteen years old and I found a way to go move in with my grandparents. But I felt such a I felt like I escaped prison. You know, I felt like it was such an escape. And so my adolescent years were not affected at all because I just felt so free to be away from there. It wasn't until it didn't affect me until I met my husband, Scott, when, I, when we first started dating, because this is where I experienced love, like true falling in love. You know, every guy before that was just kind of like, and girl, because I trust and believe. I experienced both, Aaron. Oh, really? Oh,
0: yeah. Oh, you're sure. hooking up with the girls before 21. Are you still? You still hooking up with girls? I mean,
1: if the, I don't. <laughs> <laughs> if the scene was right, that's good. I never say I don't do. I, I love that for you, because you know I think it's like we could talk about that. Later. <laughs> Let me go back to here, but I'm down to talk about that. <laughs> I never yeah. say no to anything. I that's mean, good. there's always Experience. a way. Yeah. <laughs> i'm here for experience you better work hard no i'm kidding um so when i fell in love with my husband that's when things started to get jumbled because the last time that i felt that true love was for my abuser right so that's when i I i was in therapy before that but that's when i really had the toughest therapy that's when i felt like i was in the trenches of therapy because Mm. i didn't want to lose this relationship and but it was really really hard to distinguish the love of someone who loves you as a grown man from another grown man and someone who you love and distinguishing the difference between that and the love from someone who is supposed to protect you it's so fucking crazy in the brain and so make a long story short it wasn't until like, I woke up, I would wake up at two o'clock every morning and I would start a fight with Scott. Mm. Not every morning, every, not every morning, but often. And he was like so calm and he would just be like, I didn't do anything to you. But like in a very, you know, he just was so calm. Wow. And I, I, I'm, I think I was, I mean, I, I believe he stayed with me because of everything outside of that. You know, I was a really great person, but it felt so heavy for me. And then I couldn't make it to therapy one day, but I called my therapist, and I was like, oh, my gosh, you know, I'm starting fights with Scott. And I'm like, it's just really crazy. I'm like, I don't know why I'm doing it. I'm like, I wake up in the middle of the night to a bad dream. It's crazy. It happens all the time. And she said, what happened at 2 o'clock in the morning? Wow. And I lost it. Like, I literally lost it. Like, I think every ounce of water in my body came out of my eyes because I just had the craziest break. I still cry about it now just because I'm like, oh, my gosh. Like, I cannot believe my husband put up with that. But you want to know what's really, really wild now when I wake up at 2 o'clock in the morning? Like, we have sex. Mm. Like, I wake up at 2 o'clock. Before, it was, like, pain and bad dreams. And now I wake up in the middle of the night. And sometimes I don't even know I do this, and I wake up in the middle of the night, and he's like, do you know what you did last night? And I'm like, no. And he, the G version is, he's like, the rated G version. He said, you just told me you love me so much and you gave me like a big hug. And then sometimes they'd be like, do you know what you did last night? And I'm like, oh yeah, I know. So now like waking up at two o'clock in the morning is, is like, it's a complete 180, it's so crazy
0: like to take a moment to ask y'all a couple of questions. Would you like to dramatically improve the quality of your sleep and also improve your response to stress? Also, have you or anyone that you know suffered from irritability, anxiousness, insomnia, muscle cramps, or constipation? If you have then there's a good chance you are a part of the four out of five Americans that are deficient in magnesium magnesium is responsible for over 600 biochemical reactions in your body magnesium is one of the only supplements that I will actually purchase with my own money I obviously receive a lot of supplements from companies uh, magnesium I'll just buy it if I don't have it I really love mag breakthrough because it contains all seven different forms of magnesium and this is great for your brain it's great for sleep it's great for pain inflammation reducing stress, all the things. And they have a Black Friday sale where they're offering you 25% off and 100% money back guarantee if you don't actually feel a change from the product. So if you want to get yourself 25% off, you can jump over to buyoptimizers.com align and then use code align10 at checkout for 25% off any order. So that's dot com slash align and then enter code align10 for 25% off on any order. Jump over to optimizers.com slash align and uh, enjoy yourself some magnesium like to take a moment and talk about amino acids for just a minute on episode number 383. I talked about essential amino acids like Keon aminos being one of the best hacks for muscular growth. If you really want to understand just how vital amino acids are for building muscle, think about your body and what it's made of. You probably know it's mostly water. What you probably don't know is that everything else, all of your solid mass is 50% amino acids. That is why Keon Aminos is my fundamental supplement to support my health and fitness. I drink aminos every day for energy, muscular development, and recovery. Keon Aminos is backed by over 20 years of clinical research, has the highest quality ingredients, no fillers, or junk undergoes rigorous quality testing and tastes amazing with natural flavors. So if you want to naturally boost energy, build lean muscle and enhance athletic recovery, gotta get yourself some Keon Aminos, you can now save 20% off on monthly deliveries and 10% on one-time purchases. Just go to getkeon.com slash align. That's G-E-T-K-I-O-N.com slash align. And you'll get yourself a sweet 20% off of monthly deliveries or 10% off one-time purchases. Getkeon.com slash align. There's, 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 uh, in the in the book, The Body Keeps the Score from uh, Bessel van der Kolk. Are you familiar with that at all? Mm-mm. He tells a story in, in, in there of a war veteran that each year on some specific date, he would go, like old guy, he would go in um, and he would put his finger under his shirt and he would rob a like mini mart without a gun and he didn't want, it wasn't even that he, he wanted money or anything. It was just, he wanted the scene. He wanted the commotion. He wanted the police to come in, guns drawn, and he wanted to recreate this, this event. And he would do it every year on this particular date. And then they started to catch on of like, what the hell happened on this date? And he went back and he lost some friends in this war experience at that, at that date. And so the, the suggestion which I think makes a lot of sense, is we will recapitulate these past traumatic events in the form of you know maybe unhealthy relationships or in the form of waking up at two a.m. and having a feeling or, or going into a mini mart and robbing the place yeah. just to get the police coming in guns blazing because internally subconsciously, um, our body wants to heal, you know, and so the way that it it presents it the availability to heal is okay let's reenact this event. And kind of present a new It's like sur- like the event surfacing in a way, yeah. And yeah. presenting the opportunity to renegotiate or or just keep doing it, you know, and have it be just you know another another like re re traumatization. Yeah. But at a deep level, the body's like it's it's trying to run the systems to heal, and a part of that is is, is recapitulating the the experience. Isn't it
1: wild that all of that happens in your brain and body? I mean, and body. Like, like. where's the brain? But, I mean, like, it does. I mean, it is the body, but I'm just... I I just go back to, like, how, you know, they say we only use 10% of our brain. But mm. I'm like, no, we don't. We have to use more because so much... <laughs> like, this is a crazy body we have, you oh, know? Oh, yeah. Do you yeah. feel, like, emotions and such are stored in the body? Absolutely. Mm. I do feel that.
0: This... So, where I was. I was potentially going with all of the s- stored trauma in the body you know really devastating experience could be dev- adult perception um and then going into starting to see one how that manifests in the person's life one realizing that these past events are manifesting in our life I think is a, is one big thing you know for like the first step is realizing that you have a problem and I'm being like oh yeah like I'm doing this i'm I'm the common denominator in every fucking relationship. Like it's the same pattern.
1: Oh my gosh.
0: You know, and so then it's like, okay, how does a person address that they, that they have a role in the, you know, they're in the driver's seat of their life, you know, and they're like, they're, they're making decisions probably based off of past experiences, especially yeah. the traumatic ones. They tend to be stickier. Uh, and then how does a person move through them, integrate, you know, alchemize, or whatever language you would have put on it into something that actually becomes their gift. You know, and so that's that would be where where I was I was going with that whole rant, and we could go back to all those other parts. You could pick out any part you'd like, um, <laughs> but would be particularly around how does a person, quote unquote, move themselves into healing? Because that's kind of in a way a part, a probably a huge
1: part of what you've done. Yeah, does that make sense? Uh, yeah, yeah. Awareness. I think you have to be. You, there is a level of it's kind of like. You know, a lot of people don't start going to the gym. I use the gym or working out a lot, but as a reference, but until their doctor says that "Mm, something's going to happen and you're not going to be here for your kids if you don't do this. So then they do it. But I think with things like trauma and mental health and, you know, past experiences, the feeling just becomes so overwhelming. And then there's like loss of relationships. Or the fear of loss of relationships that really brings out that awareness. It's almost just oh, like yeah. the doctor telling you that you are right going to not have time with your kids if you keep eating this way or not whatever. And so, when the fear becomes so strong that you're going to lose connection, I think that's when the awareness becomes much more powerful. Threat
0: of lost connection induces reflection
1: can we get that on a car please <laughs> and now i'm leaving because you just made me look no, <laughs> i love that but it's right? very true i mean it's you know that's what i experienced even though scott wasn't going anywhere for me it was just like this is really fucked up man you know it's like so crazy to be the one kind of your example of I've had many people in my life where they'd be like, oh, my gosh, this person's like this. And, oh, my gosh. And I'm like, okay, so that's, like, the first time you came to me and you lost the relationship, I'm like, okay, cool. But now this is, like, ten times, and you're yeah. saying the same issue happened, and it's still someone else's fault. Yeah. But I think we have to be – I think a level of – you have to be brave, too. You have to be brave to recognize you're wrong recognize your fear recognize your insecurity you know because especially somebody like me was sexually abused or just went through trauma all of those things are part of my life or they were a part of my life i should say so now if i'm insecure about something i have zero fear to be like nope like if scott and i are going through something i'm like i go to him like maybe 10 minutes after a heated discussion and i'm like you know i did this because i was feeling this way and it's so great to do that and he's always like thank you so much and you know he does it too and i think that that's really important but um a lot of people are just they don't they don't have that like they're not brave enough yet to Mm. accept how
0: does a person develop that bravery and self-awareness to begin to accept Uh, responsibility for their role in a relationship
1: that's really really tough um i don't know the answer to that but what i do (laughs) what i do know the answer to what i do know the answer to is and you know i don't know you that well but you know we sat down here at the table you were like this is a free space like if you have flatulence if you burp we can talk about anything right yeah but a lot of people don't live in that space Aaron. and so for me if you work on being true to who you really are before i got here I, I got a message on twitter and i got a dm and someone was like you know they had a private account they're like i'm in a closet and i just want to say thank you so much for obviously the workouts you've done but the fact that you are showing your life you're showing your husband you're showing your kids You're showing your sexual freedom, being sex positive. Like, and I just, it's because the last, you know, 15 years of my life of therapy, I'm like constantly just breaking down anything that's not going to make me thrive. And so if all else fails and you don't even feel brave enough to be, to recognize these things that are happening inside, all you have to do is ask yourself one question. What is my magic wand situation? If you had a magic wand, what would you do, right? So let's say if I asked you- Bigger which... bigger dick. You don't need that though. <laughs> <laughs> and even though I don't sleep with women a lot, I can, sh- I can show you a few things. No, I'm kidding. But I mean, some people want it, some people don't. Yeah. As a gay man, I'm like, I'm not, a, I'm not about the nine inch cock. <laughs> Sorry, I'm like, it's too much. Statistically
0: speaking with men, if they had a magic wand, they were just alone with themselves at their house. What do you think? Probably pretty 89% 85 well straight to the
1: well we were actually we did a i was with we had a gaycation a few weeks ago you yeah. should have been on it you would have fit perfectly <laughs> but um oh my god could you imagine a gaycation and you're like the only heterosexual one that would have been amazing but yeah. it was it was just yeah. interesting because it came like penis size came up and Scott my husband did a uh, he found something on social media where it says the average cock size is around the world is five and a half inches and you know it's just so crazy how so many people are like i want it to be bigger Mm. or even if they are bigger they're like i want it bigger Or especially in the gay world it's like oh yeah like i want the monster i'm like first of all not a flex but i'm much bigger than five and a half (laughs) inches i'm like right in the pocket (laughs) so I'm gonna say that but (laughs) I just you know I don't I understand why people want bigger but the most of the men in the world are I mean if you're seven they're smaller Mm. so you're winning winning and most most women most women don't want to be like I'm not even gonna say what I really want (laughs) to say (laughs) <laughs> most women. No, we're free most, space here but most podcast. women I speak to, they're like, no, most women are like, I don't need that thing to be all crazy. And even though a lot of gay guys, they you know, guys who have these like you know, who are who specialize in porn or like, you know, they have like tons and tons of following, a lot of them are because they have like maybe a nine inch penis, right? Mm. But I'm like and my husband's great. Like it's not small at all. And I tell him all the time, I'm like, if this was any bigger, like I just I wouldn't be down. I heard recently like I don't feel like dealing with all that. I heard recently <laughs>
0: something like this could be misinformation. A lot of misinformation spread around but the internet. Well let's figure it out. Let's, I heard something like ninety percent of gay men identify as bottoms.
1: Statistically
0: that doesn't seem to add up. No,
1: I believe it's I believe that to be true. <laughs> I'm very versed. I'm like literally split down the middle. I'm like me I'm like right in the middle yeah. but if me and my husband are going to have a frolicky good time yeah. most of the guys are bottoms. Mm. They're Which, really
0: at an advantage, I would say. If you, who if you is, identify as bottom, bottom. No, you're not. Come on. Because you can't find anyone. The
1: prostate Oh, it's a magical space you're talking about the feeling of being a bottom yeah (laughs) yeah Um, it's health
0: health inducing you
1: got to stir up the bits so do you have toys
0: oh yeah yeah i put a little (laughs) i put a little vibrator thing in my butt every now and again let me tell
1: you something me and you we're friends forever we're we're bros dude
0: (laughs) (laughs) that's what i'm talking about
1: i I don't know why people are afraid to do i'm like bro like have you not experienced this yeah. Extends the
0: orgasm. It, it, it translates to what I would imagine is, is very comparable to a female orgasm. Yeah. And obviously I have no idea what I'm talking about, but I, I've like, you know, I've been around a few female orgasms and, and I, I feel like that sensation of integrating the prostate um, with masturbation or whatever's going on there. Uh, it does, it does something where it becomes more of this like full embodied thing and it also extends it significantly. But so it can become like you. this minute long, you know, whatever thing.
1: I have a question for you. Yes. Have you ever come hands free?
0: Uh, good question. No, I don't think so.
1: It is insane.
0: Uh, how does one, how does one form, how does I one ex- think, ex- execute on this?
1: I think that might be the <laughs> closest thing to a female orgasm, Right. To be quite I, I, honest. I, I bet. Um, so you're, well, you have to find a second erogenous zone, or like that's so. amazing.
0: So many people would find just listening to this to be uncomfortable. I know. Isn't that amazing?
1: Yeah, they're probably gonna be like, they're probably gonna send you messages like, I can't believe you're. No, like I don't.
0: That. I don't think so. Not this audience. I, I think people would be like, you know, what I would imagine people are like, oh, that's cool. I'm glad you're talking about that. Or wow. just like whatever. We're well, good. Let's but, make people. But uncomfortable. the fact <laughs> that the, the fact that pleasure. In the body, not hurting anyone. In fact, reducing the likelihood of prostate cancer and things of the sort. Like, su- like supporting the health of both parties. Nothing but all rightiness. People around the world would literally, their sphincters would, would would tense up just the idea of the conversation happening. Which is just, that just is interesting.
1: It's interesting because we all got here because of a sexual... Activity. No, oh, yeah,
0: we're sh- we're shamed around around our origin. It's literally
1: insane. <laughs> yeah, that people look <laughs> at sex as like a really terrible thing. I'm like, this is insane. Yeah, like you, like that's insane. So, but let me teach you. Let me not teach you. I'm, I'm here. To, you. I'm here to learn. <laughs> I'm here to learn from yeah. you too, Aaron. Yeah, yeah, good. So, take one of your vibrators, the one that curve one that curves a little bit that mine gives, curves
0: up to the prostate right that gets the prostate it's about 12 inches long
1: are you you are <laughs> lying I was gonna say you're lying out your ass and literally you are you are thank you I was never no, I'm not gonna say that yeah. oh my god Aaron I can't believe I'm sitting here with you talking about this <laughs> in such a good way good it hasn't always been a dream of mine but it's a dream come no, true that's good, that's good. but so for me my second zone is my not my balls themselves, but my scrotum, like the outside. Like if, oh. if if I have a vibrator in there and like my husband's touching just the outside, like softly, I don't need to stroke to have a, uh, an orgasm. My husband's zone is nipples. Are you are you nipple sensitive?
0: Uh, not
1: irregularly. I'm, no. Have you had anyone especially. ever pay attention to them?
0: Mm, maybe that's what I'm missing out on.
1: Ooh. So I'm not wired. That's what we call it in the gay world. Like I'm wired. My husband uh. is extremely wired. Like I can live, I can get anything I want if I do that and that at the same time.
0: You know, all men start off as women. For the I think it's the first six weeks, I believe. Oh. Until that's, that's the reason we have, have uh, nipples. And then eventually, if not, the ovaries drop into testicles and then what would have been a vagina folds over into becoming the, the scrotal line or whatever that's called. Anyways. That's good to know. Yeah. <laughs> Gay <laughs> men will be very happy about that. Than we think.
1: <laughs> <laughs> no, but um, so anyway, you have to find that second thing. Some For some people, you know, it could be their neck or like it could be anywhere, but you have to find a prostate if guys want to come hands free and then that second spot, some people, it's just the prostate,
0: Mm. you know, for women listening, what could they learn from a man about fellatio? Ooh, Mm -hmm. because they don't have one. That's right. I mean, because they have penises. Yeah, so, I imagine men probably know how to. Sort I usually charge.
1: I just want to tell you, I usually charge ten thousand dollars for this question, but I'm gonna do it for you for free, and people can sign up for my course. No, I'm kidding. The ten thousand dollar question. Actually, my husband was like, you know, you should really teach a course on this because people would. Yeah. So here's There's the a thing. course at Burning Man. Oh. Yeah. Is the person gay?
0: No, I, my my buddy. My I mean, there's probably multiple people, but my uh, I have a, a buddy. He's a, a tree planter in Canada goes to the Burning Man, teaches a whack off course at Burning Man. Everybody stands around, watches, and breaks down the details.
1: Whacking off courses are great, yeah,
0: but it's for gals,
1: oral sex courses are next level, different, yeah. Um, so tips, tips again, you have to find that second spot on Mm. the man. Mm -hmm. You can that it's nipples, scrotum. It's some. It's somewhere. It's somewhere else. There's a second spot, but the second spot when you're giving oral sex can also be like not being afraid to put your finger to find the prostate. Sure. Because the combination of the prostate being massaged and, you know, getting fellatio. Massively pleasurable. It's insane.
0: Very few people have experienced it as a guy because it's so, Dirty, gross, uncomfortable. Am I Am I gay? I grew up, you know, like having fear around anything around my, my butt since yeah. age, you know, whatever, three to probably 18 mm-hmm. or so. And then you start to grow up a little bit. But where I grew up at, there's a lot of shame around the idea of homosexuality, whether you are or aren't or whatever the thing is. Um, which I would love to hear, you know, your experience of moving through that as well, because I'm sure there's been probably a lot of layers yeah. with that. Um, but again, it's one of those things that for a guy, it's something I haven't experienced a lot. But the times that I've had, I'm like, oh, that would, I mean, that was the most pleasurable thing I've experienced in 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 sexual intercourse. It's insane.
1: Even if you are, even if you're, um, if you want to have like the vibrating butt plug what i like to call them uh while you're having sex like just put that in there while you're actually having intercourse i mean it's 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 a massively different experience that's That's why like when guys when gay guys a lot of gay guys like having threesomes (laughs) because the person in the middle is like winning (laughs) Mm. you know what i mean like they're winning interesting how me- how often do
0: you get messages from heterosexual men in relationships telling you that I'm gay, I don't know what to do with myself?
1: Every day <laughs> of my life. <laughs> <laughs> and I love it so much. <laughs> I love it. You're the first person to ever ask me that. And I love that you asked me that mm. because I, t- I don't tell, I never tell who that person is or anything like that. But I, go, I tell Scott all the time. I'm like... Got another, got another message. Yep, sure. that's it. i like, <laughs> I got another one today. And I, I feel like so horrible for them. But this is why. Because a lot of these guys are still very much into having sex with their wives. They just want to have sex with men too. And hmm. what they do is... They come to me and they're like, oh, you know, I'm gay, blah, blah, blah. I'm like, do you still enjoy having sex with your wife? And they're like, yeah. I'm like, so would you classify yourself as gay? Or would you – It, like, that's what I was saying before we started the show. Labels are one of the toughest things. Because sure. when you looked at as gay, it's like, oh, you don't want to have anything to do with a woman. When I know plenty of gay guys that will still have a threesome with a girl in a room. And I know plenty of men <laughs> that have a wife – and they like fooling with guys, but they have still incredible sex with their wives. And the best relationships, if the best relationships are the most open-minded when the woman is like, tells their husband like, well, yeah, like you should absolutely experience that. Mm. Or vice versa. Or if the man is like, if his wife likes to, to be with other women. It's... But again, like people look at this as like this is horrible, like that's not right, and I'm like, you're lying, and you want to know why? Because if you go into a, a packed movie theater, box box office hit, Thor, I'm just gonna take Thor, cause he's hot, right? <laughs> <laughs> the women who go are sitting there like, yep, I came to take my my kid there, and I'm like, girl, you know you having thoughts, and there are. M- 25% of the men in there are like, damn, that guy is hot. But I would never be able to tell anybody that that guy is hot.
0: You think it's one out of four? It can't be one out of four. No, I'm that's just saying. I'm,
1: I'm just saying because a lot of gay guys are probably going to see Thor. Yeah. <laughs> but um, no, but a I would A higher say,
0: percentage than what would be shared. I would say. In relationships or public or even with oneself.
1: Dude, I would say that the percentage of men who would experiment with other men is higher than you think. Yeah. If it wasn't for the label that they would get. It's
0: a label. Yeah. But I mean, you look at like Spartan times and, and you know, that's that, that would be an indication of being an alpha. It's like, Oh, I'm the strongest baddest. Cause I did you in the ass. You know? So if you were getting in the butt, which that's a whole nother thing is like, actually it's, you know, 90% of men would <laughs> prefer like that. So like, Hey, um, but it's, it's, it's such an interesting thing. The cultural stew that we get dropped into dictates and forms so much of our belief system around like what is what is okay and so the the process of of starting to strip those layers back of what have I been inculcated by that may or may not be to my actual benefit and be like true like that's an interesting question I have how does a person start to come to terms with what is actually really true and authentic to them when you're live in a world where there's a lot of filters and a lot of like reflections and deflections and like where like what's like who am i
1: i think i have to go back to the time where i actually was starting to experiment with men to really because that's when i felt like i was there was like a a light at the end of the tunnel if you will yeah um but when i was in high school and i was like 15 i mean i was fooling around with girls like i remember being in (laughs) my girlfriend's living room and i'm like we are gonna get caught (laughs) by your dad and he's going to whoop my ass you know and then like a couple years later like around 17 i went to sleep at a friend's house and you know he was like hey you want to try this and i'm like sure and i remember like wow this is like (laughs) even more amazing than that you know Mm. And just kind of letting, letting the exploration go. And I just remember being like, oh no, like that's definitely, I definitely want that more. But the minute you start to, but I think that like, plus I grew up in a Christian home. Once my, my grandfather was a pastor, like I was in church four times a week. And it's always preached that the way you are is wrong. Right. So I had another barrier to break through before I could even wanna see the light. And I remember fooling around with a guy and as a teenager while my grandfather was um home. It was just my grandfather home and then my friend came over and we started, you know, fooling around or whatever. And I remember my grandfather walking by and like knocking on the door because I'm like, you know, I don't know how you know, but you know. And anyway, so I say all that to say I think that like you just have to, I think your question was how do you kind of, what was your question? <laughs> how do
0: you do, how does a person, so there's a lot of talk a- around, and I've even heard you talk about this before, of um, how did you word it? I haven't written down my notes, but something along the lines of like, one, you feel in a way like a protector to people's mm. um, freedom to express who they authentically are. Yeah. You know, and if it's like, if you're being you, like I got you. I'm here, you know, I I I want to protect that. And I want to I want to not be the foot binding shoe. I want to be the Vivo barefoot, you yeah. know, running shoe, yeah, or whatever yeah, it's yeah. like. I want to support, you know, who your expression. But I think a lot of people, and I'm sure myself in certain ways and you know anybody, um, I think that the journey in getting to know yourself is a process. You know, so at oh, age yeah. 20, you might not really know who you are, the way you do when you're 30 and 30, when you're 40. and 40. So like the, I mean, maybe it's not that interesting of a question, but in my mind that I think that's kind of a thing of like, how does a person kind of pierce through the filters to come to a place of like, what is my authentic self?
1: Man, It's like, I think the best way to answer that question, like before we talked about the magic wand situation, but the best way to ask that question, you know, there was, there's always been this like, this quote in every you know dance studio that says dance like nobody's watching. Mm-hmm.
0: Like right. if no
1: one else if no one else was gonna judge you if no one else was gonna judge you, what would you be doing? How would you live your life? Yeah. Who would you surround yourself with? Where what kind of events would you attend? Like those kind of if no one if you were in a, a simulation video game by yourself and whatever, like what would it be and i think that's a way to at least try to create this blank camp this have a blank canvas and really start to see what it is that you want but for a lot of people that's going to be very scary to do because yeah. they've been suppressing their true self for a very long time
0: i want to take a moment and share one of my absolute favorite recovery protocols that is cold lunging. What I love about cold plunging is it's great for metabolism. It's great for the development of brown adipose tissue, which is more metabolically efficient than white, aka your like blubbery fat stuff that we're familiar with. Um, It is great for mood enhancement, great for cognitive clarity. Uh, My present go-to cold plunge that I'm utilizing at my own house is the ice barrel. The reason being I can put it out on my porch and it sits vertically. Which is rad so it sits vertically which means it can it can fit into smaller places uh i can move it around quite easily when it's empty which is fantastic so i could take it to an event if i would like to as well um and it's great it's beautiful it's got nice little steps you can step up into it i think it's cool if you guys want to get yourself 125 off your own ice barrel. You can jump over to icebarrel.com/align. That's i-c-e-b-a-r-r-e-l.com/align. If you do not love the ice barrel, they have a 30-day money-back guarantee. So if you're not 100% satisfied with your purchase, get your money back. No questions asked. No big deal. Uh, and also, you get $125 off your purchase. So jump over to icebarrel.com slash line if you want to start integrating a cold plunging protocol into your own life. I want to take a moment and share about something that has absolutely knocked my socks off and I was quite skeptical about in the beginning that is utilizing exogenous ketones as a fantastic source of fuel as mental clarity and it also reduces appetite which is kind of an interesting side effect as well. Um, I've done a whole podcast episode all about the benefits of it. I really love using it before a podcast episode. I just drank a bottle before reading this ad actually and it's it does an interesting thing. It induces that similar sensation that you'd have after doing an extended fast, and your body transitioning over into ketosis. And uh, it's like a almost euphoric, upbeat, energetic, cognitively clear sensation. It's highly recommended. I would I would just just give it a try uh, if you don't absolutely love it no worries you can get your money back but I think it's one of those things just it's supportive to have in your toolkit uh, so the company is called HVMN uh, the drink is called ketone iq uh, I recorded a whole podcast with the founder of the company and got into the deep details of what the heck is going on with this and I think you guys are going to dig it so go to hvmn.com and then check out type in the code align-20 and you will save 20% off on your purchase. That's hvmn.com And then at checkout, type in a L I G N dash 20, and you will receive 20% off your purchase. What can a, uh, gay couple teach a hetero couple about raising a child?
1: Um, if this still happens mostly, cause I don't know, cause It happened in my home growing up, but gender roles have to go out the window. And one, gender roles have to go out the window. It's like, two, I don't care. (laughs) This is in no particular order. I don't care if mom is staying home all day because she's nursing and dad is going to work. Like, dad should still get up in the middle of the night and feed that baby and mom you should pump milk so dad can feed that feed that baby because what happens i think when it when it comes to being a parent automatically they step in the roles well mom is going to nurse dad's going to go to work no like because mom's not sleeping all day just like you're not sleeping at work like get like (laughs) put that milk in the refrigerator and switch it out um but i think that like gender roles generally is like the main thing like Mm. Like, why can't there be a dad back? Why does it have to be – why does mom always have to have the mints, you know, and the and the band-aids? And that was really fun for me and Scott because there was no way for us to be like, you're the mom. And we've had people come up to me like, well, who's the mom and who's the dad? I'm like, are you fucking kidding? It's – like, many times it took a lot of time for me not to literally want to punch somebody in the face. I was like, "You, this is – I'm like, do you see a female here? Just – Foundationally, do you see are either one of us a female, and they re- like people really can't grasp that, and that was the biggest eye opener that people like people do still live in that space of like gender roles. Like, why does why does this person have to cook? Why does this person have to be the breadwinner? Why why is there a such thing as a breadwinner? Why is there a such thing as a breadwinner in a union?
0: Yeah. I wonder, I would imagine a common criticism, which I'm sure you receive uh, like your fair share of criticism around it. Oh, yeah. Do you?
1: About being gay?
0: No, no, no. Oh. Gay raising a child.
1: Oh, no. So I'm a black gay man (laughs) in America in a homosexual relationship and in a racial relationship that had kids via surrogacy. Yeah. Like I'm literally – the only thing I'm not is a trans black female. Right. You know, or female in general. Cause I feel like a lot of times, uh, you know, people just treat females, but I'm just saying like the whole point is I have enough, like I'm a walking billboard of like, this person is literally going to burn fire in fire and brimstone. <laughs> you know what I'm saying? Yeah. And that so, was your belief system. That, that we was my belief system. Well, well, which like, is pretty interesting. Yeah. And I think that uh, going back to your question, cause I just had a thought for me, it's so hard not to be myself and i want people to make it hard not to be themselves make it hard for somebody else you know my book i talk my number one superpower in my book is uncomfortable i like to be uncomfortable say the name of your book uh t is for transformation and it came out how many years ago 2017 okay yeah, it's been people are still like just yeah. find out i have a book yeah but the first superpower is to get uncomfortable because my entire life was uncomfortable so i like to can the way that I continue to be my most authentic self is putting myself in uncomfortable situations because the uncomfortable situations is what I really want to do and who I really want to be because, and I don't do it or be it sooner because of fear of being judged. Like I have an only fans now. I'm not have I don't have porn on there, but I have only fans like me and Scott started wine night during the pandemic. And it was so fun. We started talking about a lot of this, about sex, about relationships, about fantasies, about, you know, frolicking about intimacy about date nights about being parents and now just doing my only fans and i don't i don't post my hump day photos on instagram anymore so if you want to see it go to my only video f it's a good it's a good page you're not getting the porn but you're not getting my cack but you're getting some good <laughs> no, stuff No
0: cack. how do you address in your own um, experience the potential uh, likely, what is your son's name?
1: Silas and Sander. Silas.
0: <clears throat> Silas and Sander. They will probably go through some type of criticism from their peers when they find out that they have two dads. Mm-hmm. How do you f- navigate that in your own, w- with them, with yourself? Like, how is that
1: experience for you? So, like, these kids are pr- probably not even going to give a fuck what anybody thinks about them. Like there's, so one of the things, and I know it's hard to teach that, of course they're going to be, people are going to say mean things to them and whatever, but you know, one of my kids, both of them love superheroes and one loves all the female superheroes and the other one loves all the male superheroes. And so whenever Sander wants a superhero outfit, especially when he was younger, he'd be like, I want She-Hulk, I want Black Widow, I want Shuri, I want... This is the costume that he wanted when we would go to a store and and we were going these little hikes. Well, Scott would take them on hikes on sun- Saturdays and Sundays around our neighborhood and here comes Sander with his pink, she- uh, uh, green She-Hulk wig and whatever, you know, Emma Frost dress. And we are like, no, like we don't tell them like, this is what you should wear, this is what you shouldn't wear. We let them pick out their own clothes. We just have gone, they go through their life Being who they are and expressing who they are, we never tell them. You, we never tell them because I'm the adult. We let them talk it out to us. We we literally say like, you're not allowed to do this. Why am I not allowed to do it? A lot of parents would be like, because I'm the adult and I said. But I'm like, he doesn't understand that, so I'm going to be like, well, because this, 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 and this, and and sometimes he's like, well, you know, that doesn't make sense because of X, Y, and Z. And I'm like, you win. You literally win because your argument makes sense, yeah, you know, and the way we really start to get them to express themselves, which is like super silly, but we do this game called this or that, so when we started doing with this them with this a while ago, and we were like, we we're like, would you rather eat a taco full of cockroaches, or would you rather?" walk barefoot and horse poop, right? We would just kind of do these like silly and they would laugh. And now when they ask us this or that questions, they're layered and you start to like feel and see their personalities. So we let them them talk. We never shut them up. We bring out their personalities. Mm. I mean, we're not perfect parents. So sometimes we got to let them have it. You know, we probably get a little, you know, short tempered when we try to do this. But for the most part, I'm like, when they express themselves so, and then we tell them, you know, they know all kinds of relationships. They know relationships where there are two women. They know their relationships where there are two men. They know relationships where there are a man and a woman. They know relationships with people who are poly. Like, they know relationships. They know all kinds of people. So when someone, the goal is for them to literally be who they are. Hmm. You know, if someone's like, if, if they want to wear something to school, if they come back and say, you know, such and such, tease me that I wore this, I'm going to be like, well, you know what? Let's make something even – let's add – let's add Swarovski crystals to it next time. I'm going to be like, just go be more of who you are, you know, because if, I t- if I'm like, okay, well, don't wear that again or don't do that again, then they start to shut down. Yeah,
0: but not being who you are, it gives the perpetrator power in a way, whoever the abuser is, by, by you then – conceding to whatever their influence is it it, I think it in a way like fills them up with but you're missing momentum in a way
1: you're missing one point what bullies are fueled by the attention they get from other people Mm. but what if you being yourself is the attention getter Mm -hmm. because that was me Mm. I'm like I got bullied one time I was like okay so this is what we're gonna do First of all, I'm going to fight you because I'm not afraid. Like, I have no problem fighting you. And I am i just happen to be super athletic. So I would be like, who got more home runs than kickball? <laughs> who won the race? You know? Yeah. We done? Like, yeah. you know, what else? And so then, you know, kids in class, would they would look at that person like, oh, it's hard to do that. I'm not saying it's, it's easy to do that. But I think a lot of times we teach people to cower Like, well, stay to yourself or just go. No, be louder.
0: Mm. I like the idea of working harder until you're undeniable. I don't know. somebody's said something along those lines in a more eloquent way than I did.
1: I mean, isn't that how we got to where we are?
0: Mm. Well, I think I'm in process. But, yeah, that's definitely how how you got to
1: where you are. I think you you got my attention. I'm I'm on my way. You got my attention. (laughs) That means you're doing something right. And I'm fucking nobody. But I'm just, I mean, (laughs) we are all somebody. But, (laughs) I mean, like, think about it.
0: How many, how many people have been exposed to the, in in? it's called insanity. It's like, yeah. How how what, what was the exposure level of
1: that? Oh, golly. Um, I don't know. Like maybe, I don't know, maybe six years after I made it, I was 10 million. Yeah. Like DVD sales, but that yeah. was DVDs. Yeah. And then but digital. I have, I have 13 programs and I mean, I, yeah, I don't know. It's a lot. Yeah
0: your your imprint and effect it's it's like it's really impressive what Thank your, you the, you know the way that you've you've imprinted like your blip <laughs> in the human zeitgeist is is it's really beautiful really yeah you. You, know, you you being willing to um take what could be turned into um destruction or you know just like probably self-destruction or Anger or rage or you know any of the things it could be turned into like a like a disease. Mm-hmm. You you really alchemize the shit out of that.
1: Thank you. It's um I've always led from a place of you know a lot of people call people so emotional like that person's so emotional or he or she's being so emotional, but that's I've always led from my emotion while taking people on journeys and transformations and being. Super, super, super transparent in my emotions as I do that. Not, I, because I, a lot of people, when they get in front of the camera, they turn into what the, they think the camera wants them to be, yeah, or what the people on the other side of the camera wants them to be. And I never faltered from that. Like, I mean, I never did that. I was just like, This is how I'm feeling. Every time I shoot, I'm like, This is how I'm feeling today. If I felt like crap. Then I started, I was motivating myself, Mm. you know? I was just like, how are you gonna get through this? And, um, you know, it just feels really good to have been able to, to be able to look back at my career so far and look at everything that I've done and know that my authenticity, even though people were doing squats and lunges and pushups and power jumps, which they hate, um, is what got, what helped them get the results. Mm. You know, I think that's the best thing. You know, I I look at the moon and the stars and the universe and I watch way too many videos about it. And I'm just like, well, you know, it's so crazy of these billions of galaxies and, you know, stars and planets. I'm like, on this one planet, like I can go on every single continent and someone I will meet someone that says thank you. Oh yeah. You know like how that you know how empowering that is and I'm always just like, you know, thank you for letting me be a part of that journey because it kind of goes back to what you were saying like how do you like how do you know when you have like a problem or how do you know when you need to fix something? And it's just like I think that being able to take people on a movement journey and 95% of the people are like, "Well, I mean, you changed my life." physically but you really changed my life mentally oh yeah it's like because there's so much that happens during exercise like i don't want people to exercise to lose weight i want people to exercise obviously we know endorphins and all this stuff but like the belief that you have in yourself from being able to do something that's extremely hard combined with being consistent Mm -hmm. is immeasurable that's why i'm like If you're out there and you're working out because you want to keep that girl or keep that guy or like be sexy for this. You know, people get they want to lose weight for their wedding or they want to lose weight because they want to find the guy. I'm like, this is the wrong. Like you're doing the wrong thing. Yeah. Like work out to prove to yourself that you can do hard things. Work out so that you can prove to yourself that you can be committed and consistent within yourself. Because they are the tools that's going to make that marriage better, that relationship better, you better at your job, yep. you a be- better to yourself.
0: Yep, and movement is therapy, you know, and and the, the, y- your physical expression in the world is, I think, the downstream manifestation of what's happening internally.
1: Mm. That's why I love dancing. Like oh a, yeah, being a professional moving through dancer your shit, man, was like. I would say being a professional dancer and a dance instructor has been my favorite job mm. because it's so hard to explain. The the feeling I get when I hear a beat and want to move to it in a specific way is so, so overwhelming. Like I could still cry about it today. And I was told at eight years old that little boys don't dance. So right. I had to wait until I was twenty almost 21 years old to do it
0: yeah yeah i mean people are in in many ways myself included uh, going back to the foot binding analogy bound through our you know our whole body of the way that we're allowed to move because if you move certain ways that indicates something that you've heard a story is, is not okay mm-hmm. So like i'm gonna remove this way so something like dance and being willing and open to explore different dances, and you could be as metaphoric or literal as, that as you want. Um, I think it opens a person up to starting that process of actually understanding who the fuck they are. Mm-hmm. But if you're always on the same dance, you're just going to be whoever you know imposed that dance upon you, which is yeah. fine too.
1: It's like change the choreography. You know, just, just skipping around. You know, we were talking about tennis and paddleball. Uh, yeah, pickle pickleball yeah See, I don't even it was know what it's called that came from it, was,
0: it, was, it was I don't
1: even know what it's called because I'm mad that it exists it was no, it I'm was kidding. developed <laughs>
0: in I think the 20s or something I remember it was the 60s in, in Bainbridge Island is a place outside of Seattle I believe and it's because these two fellas um, not sure if they hooked up or not that wasn't a part of the description <laughs> they would they would play uh, they had a little wiffle ball and they had a little little um, ping-pong paddles and they had a dog called pickle that when they would Lose the ball, uh, pickle will go pick up the ball. Pickleball—that's the history. That's so cute. You're welcome.
1: Um, thank you. Mm-hmm. But so when I started out with tennis, and it was like hard, but so athletically like in my zone of wanting to be an athlete. Athlete like speed, power, agility, strength, and you're you know there's no end time. There's just like you have to win the last point, endurance, and all that stuff. I just remember being saying, "How am I going to get really good at this?" And I was like, "You have to dance with the ball." Oh yeah. So that's why I tell people when when that's why I love dance so much. When I tell when life gets hard, dance with like dance with it. Mm-hmm. Like find a way to move. It's I believe that, and this is so deep, but I believe that tennis is geometry. It's like one big geometry problem. You sure. have this this rectangle and you're trying to angle this person and maybe you hit it long or deep then you hit it short cross court and then you open up this space over here and i think that i mean you play pickleball so you know how that is <laughs> but um don't i really i really admire people who play pickleball but i just refuse to do it yet. <laughs> um but i think that you can do that in your life too when it when it comes to being who you truly are it's like hey try a little bit here Try a little more, like, and your people will come with you, and it'll open up so much more space. It'll open up so much more freedom. Like, you see so much more when you are, when you set out to do something that you really want to do, while it may be scary and you may lose and shed some fat over here, which are equivalent to people who don't believe in you or want you to be happy, like, it just it really to me feels like you're dancing and you just have like you just create so much more space to move you know yeah well thank you so much this is really fun thank you and you guys need to like head over to trust and believe because we're going to kind of continue we're going to
0: go in (laughs) um the where could people go from here to learn more about you to engage more with their bodies to engage more with like all of the parts where would be a good place to point people
1: Yes. So if you're interested in fitness, my fitness life um, and my life in general, you can go to SeunTlife.com. Um if you want more of like what we were talking about when it comes to, you know, embracing your sexy, enhancing your relationships, um, your erogenous zones, you can go to onlyfans.com slash Sean Live. Well, it's, it's it's a good it's a good page, and it's not <laughs> sex. Um, we have we do like a we do like shows like every three weeks. so oh, fun. Where we just my husband Scott and I. It's a community, but make sure you be careful. When That's you're great. Um, but yeah, other than that, you just follow me on Instagram. S h a u n. You think I
0: should do an OnlyFans? I think it's time. I think
1: you would be super successful. Oh, I, think I think it's. I think I'm time. gonna gulp, but right. I'm gonna drink this I, while I gulp. I
0: think it's. I think it's time. O f. I mean, why not? You know.
1: I mean, it's all 20, seven
0: inches. point <laughs> two inches. Measure every morning. All right, this is over. All right, so I wrap this bitch up. All right, thank you, Sean T. Thank you all for tuning in. Thank you for tolerating us. That is it. That's it. That's, it. That's all over now thank you all so much for tuning in. Please remember to subscribe to this program so you get each week's episodes. Thank you for your reviews. Uh, Thank you for supporting our sponsors and thank you for doing you. If you want to share this conversation, Uh, You can tag myself at Align Podcast. You can tag Sean T at Sean T. Uh, He is brilliant, sweet, kind, just tremendous human being. And uh, there's a reason he's got like a bajillion followers on the internet is because he is a hoot. So tag us there. Share the conversation. Spread the love. Appreciate you. Big smooches. I'll see you next week.